Back at again, Bull Perceptions. We got a great guest today, um, Mayak, Player of the Year from St. Thomas, one of the top D3 countries in America. Uh, just got announced, first team All-American, had 22 touchdowns, about 1,300 yards, preparing for possible NFL route, CFL route. We'll see what happens. Maybe get him overseas. I've been trying. But uh, his name's uh, Josh Parks. He's a Minnesota boy. He's got a crazy story. A lot of adversity. Um, he's also an entrepreneur with a clothing line uh, fitness called Ghost Fit, right? Correct. Ghost Fit. Okay. Well, anyways, I got connected with Mr. Josh Parks um, from my friend here, George. George Newsbaum, and he's uh, starting to help out on the podcast. We're building this team, and he's connecting people. And he actually went to school with uh, Josh Parks. So um, George got us in contact, and I guess uh, George spoke really highly of him. And... Uh, what do you got to say, George? Yeah, pleasure to be here, Nick, making my uh, podcast debut. Love the energy in here. Um, but yeah, I, I met Josh, actually, um, through his his haircut, you know, empire that he's got going. He's yes, cut. How many guys have you cut? 500? I mean, I would say that I have like a solid core of 100 people right now. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been getting cuts for a year and a half from Josh. That's how I met him. And the cut looks good. The cut looks good. Yeah, come on. I mean, we got no it's camera. It's a little old here. now, though, so you can't judge from that. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. good. 100 people. That's some cash yeah. flow coming in. Josh, can you give the listeners a, a background here? Yeah, yeah. So, like you said, my name is Josh Parks. I'm from Chisago Lakes originally, which, if you are familiar with Minnesota, it's about 35 minutes north of the Twin Cities. Um, 2014, I committed to the University of Minnesota. I was a walk on. Um, after that first year, um, I actually decided to leave. Um, this is kind of like what transpired into a lot of really, really good things in my life. Um, but basically, I went from the fucking top dog to getting humbled real quick. Because Chicago, Chicago Lakes is a small it's town. A, right? Yeah, it's a small town, small city. So I started playing, you know, football by, uh, excuse me, um, uh, varsity my freshman year. Oh wow! Right, so I had all this ego built inside Big fish, of me. Big fish, small body. Yeah, exactly. So I was ready to go conquer Division One, um, and I needed to be humbled. And it was one of the best things that happened to me. But basically, I ended up quitting uh, after my freshman year. I was looking at other schools to transfer. Decided that I was just going to go back to the University of Minnesota to continue my education. Now hold on, talk about that. You're about to quit. Yeah, well, you did quit. Yeah, so I did quit. Yeah, so. I, after my first year, they switched me to corner. Um, I realized that I wasn't as happy as I wanted to be. I was making up all these excuses, you know, reasons why, you know, the University of Minnesota wasn't for me, why football is no longer for me. Um, so I was making all these excuses, telling my friends and family, you know, it's just not what I thought it would be. Um, you know, I want to do other things in life. I have other passions. And so I quit um, after about six months. Um, six months? Six months, yeah. So I ended up being a student just at the University of Minnesota. And well, not really soon. I ended up quitting all my classes. I literally was about to drop out. Um, just didn't show up. What was, was your mind state, dude? I was anxiety literally every single day. I was so what the problem was is that I had a perception of myself, and I'm like, dude, I'm not anywhere near the person I thought I was. Right? Like, ego destroyed. Mentally ego destroyed. I'm like, I let my family down. You know, my friends. Like everyone built me up to become this image that like I couldn't withstand and that was what got me so I was like man you know this is tough so quit all my classes I mean I was sleeping I was taking you know every anxiety pill under the under the sun and oh. one day I don't I don't even remember what happened but I woke up and I'm like all right I need to stop feeling bad for myself 
Playing the victim. Playing the victim, wasting money, like not being useful to myself, to society, anyone, right? So I end up flushing all my anxiety pills down the down the uh, toilet, and I remember texting my mom and my girlfriend at the time, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm done with them." And they all were worried because obviously, you know, that's it helped me to an extent, but it made me into a zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got, and I started to get back to my passions. I'm like, I need to get back to just being healthy, right? That's a good point, though. Um, this medication. I mean, the whole America and all the opiates yeah. and Xanaxes, you know, all these different drugs, pill heads. It's like they're trying to fill a hole with the pill. But is that what was missing? That you were, something was missing inside, well, right? Well, that was the problem, exactly. And I, I will say this, though. Um, it allowed me to think for a period of time. Except I know so many people that are on these antidepressants or anxiety pills, whatever you want to call them. So I understood the uh, side effects, the ramifications. So I told myself, because I was very hesitant right away, I told myself when I got on them, I said, I'm going to be on them for two months. I'm going to let myself think and research what this anxiety whole thing is, because I, I'd never dealt with it before, um, you know, quitting football. So I literally would, like I said, I would quit school, basically, and I would read Tony Robbins. I was reading Gary Vee. I was trying to figure out, like, how do I live my life normally again? And You're about 19 now. At this point? 1920, yeah. Yeah. And the thing with me is that I held it and I didn't really tell anyone. Um, so I was just on this mission. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get better myself. No one's going to know. And then I'm going to get up back into the real world. And like, you know, everything's going to be fine. Um, but reading reading uh, Tony Robbins' book, um, that's what got me out of it. Uh, you know, he, he said something in it, raise your standards. And it like stuck with me. I'm like... Dude, what does that mean? I, I was trying to think about what that meant because he didn't really explain it. And uh, to me, it was like, increase what you're doing on a daily level, not to yourself, but to other people. Add value. Be a value-adding person. And after reading that, I didn't even finish the book, actually, because I was like, I need to get back into this. So I started working out, finally. That's something that, like, if you know me, like that's my biggest passion. And I was like, all right, I'm going to become Instagram famous. I'm going to be, you know, Gymshark athlete, Elfleet athlete, like whatever it is, right? Is this your spring of uh, freshman year? This is that next year. So oh, I quit the spring, yeah. and then that next year I went back to the University of Minnesota. So now this is like my second year. And you got that little motivation, like I'm going to Motivation be- back, yeah, a little bit of spark, a little bit of drive back into me. So I flushed the pills on the toilet. You know, I still wasn't like feeling great, but I was like, all right, I'm going to start doing something about it now. Um... So I started Instagram, and uh, a few months later, I had a couple companies reach out to me, and one in particular, I'm not going to say their name because they're still in business, I think, but they're a Canadian company, and they sent me the shirt, and they're like, we want you to market it for us, you know, we'll repost you, all this kind of stuff. So I was like, awesome, you know, it's my first kind of like breakthrough since, you know, quitting football and being in this like bad state of mind. Um, And I remember getting the shirt, and... um, I was going to take pictures at my gym and I was like, told my girlfriend, I'm like, Hey, can you come take pictures for me? And she's like, yeah, of course, you know, doing, you know, what good girlfriends do. And I put the shirt on and I'm like, this shirt is horrible. Like they sold it for $30 on retail. And I'm like, this is a bad shirt. (laughs) So she just looked at me and I, I'll never forget it. She's like, then just make your own. And she's a very kind of like to herself person. So when she said that, I was like, what do you mean make my own? She's like, just make your own. So I told her, I'm like, okay, I'll make my own, I guess. But that's kind of like how 
everything started for me, right? Yeah. It was getting back Take into, control your own destiny. Exactly, yeah. Getting back into the things that I enjoy doing and, um, like you said, try not to play the victim and um, adding value to other people's life. I think when you do that, your problems become minute. 100%. You know, and that's, that's what I really learned through all this. Okay, so... Now let's go. Now you went, you're like, you know what? I need to go play football again. Yeah. 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 So the way that that happened is my freshman year, my roommate's name was Jock Para. So he was actually the second string quarterback at the University of Minnesota when we were there. He ended up transferring to St. Thomas. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't playing football. He was like, hey, man, like, I think that you should really get back into football. He's like, you still have some value. I know that you do. So I was like, man, I don't know. You know, I, I already tried that route. You know, it didn't end up well for me. You know, maybe I'm just going to try to find a job and, you know, do that. And he's like, well, how about this? He's like, I'll set you up a meeting with Coach Pruso, which is the head coach at St. Thomas. He's like, if you like it there, you know, you can. Who's go. a legend? He's a, he's a, I mean, that's, that's my man. That's a, he, he, he's someone that. If you're looking for a bit of inspiration, a bit of, um, I don't want to say a father figure. I think that's kind of heavy, but in that sense where he's going to push you to your limits because he loves you. You know what I mean? Get the best out of you. Exactly. But yeah, so he's like, I'll set up a meeting with you guys. If you like it, if you don't, you know, you can kind of choose from there. So he set up the meeting with me. Uh, I think I was in his office for about an hour and a half, about 20 minutes. We talked about football. And by the time I left, I said that I'm going to come in here. Damn. Did you quit? I think you went to St. John's first. Yes. Okay. So yeah. that's so I was so I was there for about a week, right? So this at, is right before this. So my spring of my freshman year is when I quit the University of Minnesota. Yeah. That next fall, I was at St. John's for fall camp. Left because I didn't like to have it. This is before the Instagram, right? Yep. Yeah. And so so talk about. I mean, that was another yeah. downfall. Like. Quitting again. Football. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess I didn't even really think about yeah. that. I mean, that after being at St. Thomas, I don't really think about St. John's too much. But, um, yeah, so that after my freshman year, quitting quitting at uh, University of Minnesota, I went to St. John's that following fall. So, the way that it happened was really, really weird. So, I, I was looking at some other schools to go to, University of North Dakota, a lot of like the North and South Dakota schools. Um, didn't want to go to any of them. I just didn't like the vibe there. I'm more of like a city guy and that's all out in the country. And this was like the end of July and I knew that I wanted to play, but I didn't know where I wanted to play. And I was back at home getting ready to leave back to the U of M. And, uh, I had like three or four, like really, really good friends. I played high school ball with that went to St. John's and I was over at one of the guys' house. His name was Josh as well and his mom's like hey, look if you want to play i'll fill out all your applications i'll make all the phone calls i'll get you set up with housing i'll do everything for you that you need all you have to do is pack your bags and get ready to play at st john's and so this is like two weeks before football starts so i'm like all right let's do it and without actually like looking into the school like understanding like i didn't even know what city it was in to be honest like i had no idea i've never been up there before that was my first time going college real yeah which i mean it's Cool atmosphere to play in, but I'm glad I didn't stay there. Anyways, uh, I was there for about a week and a half. Um, I went there for fall camp, and I realized, man, this is not the place for me. This is not a good vibe. Um, Did you feel football again was not the thing for you? No, so that's the thing. It wasn't even necessarily football. It was just the way that they did stuff up there. Okay. I mean, I'm not like a huge partier, but 
I mean, I, I, I dabble a little bit, you know. I think that every, you know, young kid has. But, I mean, we're I'm talking about during camp, like, people were drinking and, like, doing a good environment. Of, yeah, it's like, I, I knew that if I was going to do this again, like, I needed to be in the right environment. Cool. I did, and especially, like, with my mindset at the time, like, I needed to be somewhere that could help me grow, not just as a football player, but as an individual. Which is interesting, though, is um, you just kind of always talk about the path to success, how yeah. it goes in so many different angles. So you felt like you were getting back on top, you're getting back in your headspace, and you go there, bad experience, you leave, then you kind of bump, bump up with the Instagram again, and then we get to Mr. St. Thomas and Caruso, right? So you say Correct, true. yeah. And uh, so let's let's get back to there. How old are you now, 21, when you're talking about playing football again for St. Yeah. Thomas? 21, yeah, 21-year-old freshman. 21-year-old freshman, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so go there freshman year. Um, they had Jordan Roberts, which I don't know if you heard of him before, but he was – he played at where was it South Dakota, and he was like freshman of the year at South Dakota. Ended up transferring to St. Thomas to join their ministry program. So I was I got there and I was like six string, and I'm like, oh, here we go yeah, again. Yeah. But the thing that I didn't have at the other places that I was at was like a support system. So with St. Thomas, when people say like a brotherhood, like that's exactly what it was. And the greatest lesson that I learned through all of this, it's not about like playing football and being good at football and like the wars and accomplishments. It's about the people and like creating like true lasting relationships. And when I got to St. Thomas, yes, I wanted to play football. Yes, I wanted to be great. I wanted to play right away. But I realized that it would, it would make me a better person. And that's what I needed at the time. And, you know, it, it was an easy decision to stick around after that. Yeah. For, for our listeners overseas or people that don't know about St. Thomas, it's a... Uh... Very good uh, Catholic private school, Correct. Division three. You know, hundreds of millions of dollars in that place. Tons of great alumni, and um, but just a good environment. Yeah. You know what I mean, it sounds like they got you. They saw the potential in you, and then what kind of happened? Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I said, I it fortunately, but unfortunately, um, you know, I started playing early because of injuries. So Jordan, uh, he ended up getting injured. Uh, he had a lot of concussions, so he actually had to quit football, which was a horrible thing. Um, but it gave me an opportunity to play. And I think that's, I realized at that time that my where my journey brought me to, I, that I had to take advantage of it, right? So, you know, I remember, um, you know, it was my first game playing. And it was, a, it, was, it was weird because it was the first time that I was ever nervous about playing football since, I think, freshman year when I got my first varsity start. So this was about 60 years later since I hadn't played in such a long time. I redshirted my, I had two redshirt years my first two years. Um, so yeah, that was just kind of it. I mean, I think after that, I really bought into the system and I got that kind of like momentum back in my life where before I, I defined myself as a football player. But then when I got to St. Thomas and I started, you know, incorporating other avenues in my life of, you know, happiness, you know, I realized that football was just something that I did, which was a huge blessing in disguise. Yeah, that's that's important. Yeah, you realize there's there was more to life, and you weren't defining yourself on how good your stats were on the field and all right, that. Right, right. I exactly. mean, and then like, your ego was really in check. Yeah, and I think that it has to be. I mean, you know, you look at you know, I don't want to call anyone out, but I I think if you look at professional sports, like 
some of these guys aren't going to get the, their ego checked till they're 30, 40 years old, until they yeah. retire. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, you see guys that are in the top of the league that were dogs, right? Whether you know whether it's football, basketball, baseball, and then you don't hear about them, you know, until you know 50, 50 60, 70 years old when you know they go you broke, do another broke thing, yeah, right? And that happens for a reason, you know, because you you don't know how to deal. It's a lot easier to deal with successes and failures, right? And if you don't learn how to deal with failures, it's going to bite you eventually. Yeah, get humbled for sure. I, I um, we were talking before this about Scott Adams, and I want to get you on. I'm reading some books about yeah. him. He made a great point in his, his newest book, Loser Think. It's about not letting your ego define you, but using your ego as a tool. Knowing when to dial it up and be Mr. Confident, knowing when to dial it low, but separate yourself from the ego. Now, I mean, everyone talks about the ego's enemy. There's that famous book and all that, but there are ways that your ego can be very beneficial. But when it defines you and it defines all that, that's where you start having, you know, what happened to you at the beginning, right? right. Well, and that's why I say that, like, the, I would never take my journey for granted and I would never ask for a different journey because at the end of the day, um, I've learned a lot of extremely valuable lessons. And what I'm, what I'm really proud of is that I was able to learn them at a young age. You know, while I was going through it, it seemed like my... Nothing could be worse is that, you know, I, I had the worst life at the time, um, but I came out so happy and like it, it, it rejuvenates you, it gives you a reason to like wake up and want to work every single day because you understand where you came from. Grateful, totally exactly. You're grateful for what you got and what you got going on. It just makes you so much stronger. It does. And I mean, I got, I don't think I brought my story up on the podcast before, but the crap I went through in my football career and I wouldn't trade it for nothing because of how much it makes you, especially when you... You want to put yourself out there. You want to be the top dog. You're going to get hit. You're going to get, you know, knocked down. You're going to, but then how you respond, you only get 10 times stronger. And it seems like you have, and it's not just football. I mean, first team All-American, you know, all these stats and, you know, you went from not playing, quitting two different programs. That's not easy. You know what I mean? To keep battling. But then you also broaden into more parts of your life. And like George uh, was talking about how he gets his haircuts from you. And then also what you brought up at the beginning of that, that ghost fit. So now you really start to take advantage of all these opportunities and and uh, create your own destiny. Huh? Let's get into yeah. that that entrepreneurship. Yeah, so I've always had this sort of like entrepreneurial mindset. My grandma, she sells real estate in uh, Redwood City, uh, which is in Silicon Valley in California. Oh. So um, I've always had this sort of like entrepreneurship inkling, um, and I'm sure that I'm just like every other young kid. You know, I have few other friends that had the same sort of mindset and we'd always sit around like what are we going to build like what's going to be the next big thing right um and I never knew what it was going to be um but it's kind of funny because that's what Ghostfoot turned into and the the way that I knew that it was something that I could actually run with is that it's not like I thought of it. It came to me, right? Okay. And I think that's powerful when not forcing it. Exactly. Like it it found me rather than me finding it and so yeah, so basically what, what it is, is it's a combination of you know what I'm passionate about. So growing up playing football, my brother called me Ghost, right? And then fitness is obviously something that um, I have a huge passion with. So I just, I'm like, how can I make what I love into a business? How can I monetize, make money from something that I, I enjoy doing already? Um, so yeah, so like I said, when I, when I was in this whole like bad mental era in my life, I was reading a book called by uh, Tony Robbins, and um, like I said, raise your standard. Um, so that's basically the foundation of what Ghostfit is. It's 
creating something not just for yourself but for other people and adding value to those people um so that's our slogan raise your standards and i I live by that like every day now you know it's something that you know i can wake up and i can evaluate my life like have i done something to affect someone's life in a positive manner um how how all is um ghost fit giving value to other people and and is it just a um motivation tool for them to raise their standards is that What's going on or what all do you do? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing that we do is we do a 5% give back every year. Um, So we give back to high schools and their organizations to help with mental health issues. So I think if you, especially after the rise of social media, I mean, you you see kids that are in fifth grade that say that they're dealing with anxiety and depression. One from bullying, I think, I don't know the science behind it, but I think that like, computer screens and just having your 100%. face in the phone i mean that can't be good for you so i think do you know what it is uh, though too you're always well, living not in the moment you're always exactly. freaking connected you're yeah, always yeah. comparing your life to everything else but you never have a chance to just break away now i mean and then you see like we were talking about before this of politics and things going on in this world you see everything negative on there too because mm-hmm. a lot of people throw their negativity out there well that's what sells that's the problem 100 yeah. percent. yeah you know you get that little dopamine click you're either outraged or you super agree with it but it is so true when you're so connected 24-7, you're never, your mind cannot just relax. And the worst thing, you know, you talk about the Instagram and all that, is people just compare, 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 compare. It's the worst thing. Or, or like Twitter, it's the most negative place in the world where yeah. everyone's like, oh yeah, I feel that shitty way too, and now we all feel connected, so let's voice all our negativity out there. Right. But, um, so yeah, so, yeah so, so we like to give donate back to um, those sort of foundations. Just because it's something that's personal to me, yeah. you know, I think that, uh, I guess I don't know, but I, I'd assume that if I had, you know, something like that where, you know, I had people, and, it, and it's not necessarily like we're trying to prevent it from happening because that's something that's going to happen, but it's more mitigated and understand it. Because once you have an understanding of something, then the control is in your hand rather than in, you know, the anxiety, depression saying, right? You can, if you do something about it. Right, exactly. Uh, so I'd say that's the first thing that we do. And then secondly, um, it's just sharing people's stories about how they've, you know, raised their standards, right? Quote, unquote. How they've, you know, influenced someone else's life. How they've um, created something that they were passionate about and dealt with the ups and downs and eventually persevered and, um, you know, reached successes in it. Oh, so, so you share that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh. So I, I think that's important to me because... Um, you know, there's, there's always lessons to be learned from other people's stories. And if you can keep an uh, open mind and understand that, you know, if I can learn from someone else and I don't have to go through those same uh, pitfalls, then I'm going to be better off as an entrepreneur, as a husband, as a father, whatever it is. That's awesome. So it's not just no clothing, fitness brand. There's right. way more to it. I mean, the, the, the clothing is just an avenue to kind yep. of share, um, you know, what I believe in, you know, my foundation, my the culture that we're building with GhostFit. Yeah, and then so, you freaking, this has been going on for two years, right? Yeah, two and a half. Yeah, we started August 29th, 2017. Well, I mean, you're playing, becoming a, a first-team All-American. You're an entrepreneur. I mean, it's pretty, I can see it. It's kind of made waves in Minnesota, this clothing brand. And you're cutting 100 people's hair. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about this barbership and then talk about how... You're able to balance all this stuff. Right, I mean, yeah. That's a lot you're doing. So the barbershop, I mean, now let me tell you, the barbershop has really helped Ghostfit as well because oh, yeah. this is what happened, and I'm, I'm so thankful that Coach Caruso uh, told me no. So I started, my brother started cutting my hair, the same one who called me Ghost. So it kind of all comes full circle. So he, he started cutting my hair in fourth grade. He goes, all right, well, um, 
you're going off to college next year. You either need to learn how to cut your own hair or go to a barber shop. And I was dead broke. I'm like, all right, go to Walmart, get a $20 pair of clippers. I start messing my hair up like really bad, like jokes every, every other day. Uh, finally, my freshman year at St. Thomas, um, I bring my clippers because I wanted to cut my hair for pictures. And this time, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting better. It's been two years since I first started. So, you know, I trust myself. I'm like, all right, I'm going to cut my hair before picture day. Um, because I don't want to be looking like a mess on the big screen. So I end up cutting my hair. One dude saw me cut my hair and he's like, all right, can you cut my hair before picture? So I'm like, yeah, sure. So after fall camp, the first week of school, I think the first month I was cutting two people. And I was excited about that because I was charging $10, so I was making $20 a week, and I had enough to get gas um, for the entire week going up and down from Chisago, where I live, back down to school. So I'm like, nice. You know, I, I cover gas money. Um, <laughs> hold on, hold on one second. First of all, I love this, because we just posted on the, the Instagram. Embarrassment is the key to entry, or... You have to go through embarrassment if you want to get into this stuff. It's, Dude, it's the truth. To be a graceful master, I don't know how the quote was exactly said. We can look it up. Embarrassment is the cost of entry. That's what it was. Embarrassment is the cost of entry. If you want to be, uh, you look up that quote on Insta quick. It's a great quote, but you, you want to start anything, you got to go through shit. You got to learn. Learn through failure. And if you can't take the heat from everyone laughing at your right. hair and all that, Dude, it's the truth. then you wouldn't have had 100 people lined up and, you know, cutting their hair and making them look good like Georgie over here. It's the oh. truth, man. And the, the, the thing is with that is uh like you said with instagram everyone's always comparing right so it's not like they're comparing you to someone else that just started they're comparing you to the best of the best yeah so like oh man your haircut sucks because you know i'm comparing you to a professional barber which i mean i'm, I'm glad that happened because it humbled me once again and it made me watch a lot of youtube um but anyway so basically what happened is so i was cutting you know two people a month and then i went to four people a month and these are all just football players Finally, Coach Caruso finds out that I'm cutting people in the locker room, and he's like, N you can't do that. Money for NCAA, right? Money, well, it was more about the hair in the locker room. Oh, Because he's yeah. a knee freak, so he's like, yeah, you can't do that in here. He's like, if you want to cut hair, either go to your house or find a different place. So what I end up doing is I moved to a locker room right next to it, which luckily is a public locker room. So anyone that goes and works out at St. Thomas, they have to walk past me cutting hair. So after the first month, I th after the first two months, I think I was cutting about four people. Once I moved into that public locker room, I think it went up to about like thirty people because people would come in and be like, "Now, how cool is that, though?" So you think <laughs> you get you get slapped in the face, you get said no. A lot of people are like, "Okay, I might just be done yeah. then." But then it makes you think of a different opportunity, and it, it leads you down a better road. Right. And I mean, is that exactly. wicked? Well, and so. The, I, I was I was stumped at first because I was like, how am I going to pay for gas? You know, I, I'm playing football. You know, I can't get a job. So I had to think of something. So I was like, all right, I'll go in the public bathroom. And the reason at first I didn't want to is because I was like, oh, people are going to see me cut hair. Like, what if I mess someone's yeah. hair up? I'm like, I don't, I don't want them to see that. So at first I was just trying to go to these people's houses. And they were like, ah, oh, no, you know, I don't think I, you know, I don't know if my roommates would want that. So I was forced to do this. And I was like, all right, it'll probably be good for me. Um... And so what ended up happening is that I only had so much free time because I had football and I had class. And entrepreneur. And entrepreneur. Yeah, exactly. So I, I was like, okay, well, I can't cut all the people that I want to, so how do I get the most out of it? So I upped it from $10 to $15. And I was still getting too many people, so I'm like, all right, then I'll up it to $20. So 
after the first like three months, I doubled my prices and I like quadrupled the amount of people that I was cutting. Jeez. So it worked out really well. Um, you know, I, I did. I will have to say I did miss a few classes because of it, but I think it all worked Who out. Who cares now. about school? I gra- I graduated. Yeah, so. he graduated. I slept and graduated. <laughs> um, but uh, hold on, here's the quote George got: "Embarrassment is the cost of entry. If you aren't willing to look like a foolish beginner, you'll never become a graceful master." And I think that is so so important. Like you were talking about, they're comparing you to a barber on Instagram or something like that. But it, it makes people not even start. And then what, that's when you just start. 99% of people aren't starting, and it grows. You know what I mean? You, you yeah. already eliminated all that competition. If you just freaking start, if you're able to take the heat for a couple weeks, and everyone's laughing at you, and now 100 people are coming to you. And that's, uh, I mean, it may sound a little stupid, little barbershop thing, but that's with anything in life. You know what I mean? That's pretty it cool. Is, and then taking that no from the coach and figuring out, okay, what can I do? What can I make it work? And it turns out to be better. It's that whole little roadmap of success. You're going to hit some peaks, hit some lows, and then get back up there. Right. Just got to right, keep pushing like right. you did in football, like you did in the barbershop, and, you know, like this uh, this entrepreneurship's going. Man, what what are these big lessons that you've, you've kind of encompassed through this college career that's been – got a lot out of it, man. I mean, how – did you party too much? I mean, you must have been focused. <laughs> uh, I mean, like I said, I think that everyone parties a little bit, but I think that's uh... – Another reason why it was good that I commuted, but no, if I had to, if I had to say a few lessons that I learned, um, I think persistence would be the number one thing where everyone has this delusion that they only have an hour to do something, that they have only a day to do something that they have. If I don't have, it needs to be a masterpiece next week. Exactly. And if you, if you become realistic with yourself and understand that it's not about finishing something, it's about doing it right. You're going to get the results that you want. Um, and that's the biggest thing that I learned is that understand that everyone's learning, everyone's shifting the way that they do things. Even if you're Google, if you're Facebook, I mean, they don't have the perfect formula. Look how Facebook started. Exactly. Where it's now. And you have to, so by keeping that in mind and understanding, like you said, you know, the road to success is not a straight road. It's really freaking binding. And so if you understand that, um, you know, it's going to, it's going to give you a chance to be successful. It's not going to make you successful. It'll give you a chance to be successful. And the more you keep doing it, the more likely you'll be successful. Exactly. Now, give me some, some good tips about how you handled those lows. How did you take those no's and, and find a different route? I mean, you got to have confidence in yourself. I mean, why didn't you quit? Yeah. Um, I think one that I had a really, really good support system at home, right? I had a girlfriend that really trusted my process and believed in me. I had a family that was always... Is this the same girlfriend? Yes, yes. So dating her? Yep, yeah. Sounds like a geeper. Yeah, yeah she, hopefully. No, she, she's awesome. I, <laughs> she's a great person. Um, I had a very, very good supporting cast, but I think that at the end of the day, it comes up down to how, how much do you believe in yourself? Um, I think that you can go through a lot of really, really bad things and you can doubt yourself a lot, but at the end of the day, if you put in enough work and you trust yourself enough and you believe in yourself and you um, put enough effort into what you believe is um, something that's obtainable, um, you can go through a lot of really, really dark moments but still come out of it if you're willing to continue to be persistent. How did you keep <clears throat> trusting yourself? Did you not ever have those doubts? I like think you did you in football. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and it, it surround yourself with good people. That's I, key, yeah. I think that you're always going to have doubts, but if you have someone with you that can put things back into reality and, and into a perspective that 
um, you can build off of. You know, like I've told myself, I don't know if I can continue with Ghostfit because of this and that. And I've had people in my life that are like, man, like look what you've done so far though. Like, and that's what you need. You need a team. And when I say team, I don't mean like they work with you every day, but people in your life that want the best from you. Um, It's really easy to surround yourself with the yes men. And I'm not saying surround yourself with the yes men. I'm talking, surround yourself with people that are going to keep your checks and balances in line. That's, um, and that's, that's the great. most important thing I would say. That's great because, you know, you can't do everything on your own. Right? No. I mean, and when you hit those lows, that one comment someone can make, you know, and if you're around negative people, it's probably going to be a negative one. Exactly. But if it's someone that, you know, wants to see you succeed, has dreams themselves, visions, they'll usually give you that, that ounce of courage and you get back on the horse. You know right, what I mean? Right. And, and that's... Yeah. And I was going to say kind of lastly on that topic. Um, so my grandmother, like I said, who sells uh, houses in Silicon Valley... When I was going into college, she said the biggest asset college will give you is the ability to network. 100%. And that was like from day one, like that was my thing. So like if I could find someone that owned a business or that was fascinated with business or really anything that I had passion about, like I would try to connect with them. When I cut hair, I don't just cut hair. Like we have like full on conversations. Like you can ask George. George like, Chicken said, yeah. I don't just cut your hair for 30 minutes and then all right, see you. Like I'm going to try to figure out how... I can add more value, value to you, or you can give value to me. Um, I'm just going to say, because you brought that up at the beginning, yeah. and you're networking, is that a big key for you? How Your first focus is how I can give them value, right? Right. Dude, if you, this is the thing. If you are able to network with, especially people that are smarter than you and more intelligent, it allows you to give more value to people because you can, you're constantly learning. You know what I mean? And like what this podcast is, it sets people up with other you know individuals in the same industry. When you network, like it does the same thing for people, right? Like I've I've I was just meeting with a business owner, Ben. He owns Woodchuck USA, which is like a ten million dollar um, company that he owns. And he's been he's one of my mentors. And I I was like, there's no way I can add value to this guy. And you know, I'm a small, you know, company. I end up adding value to him just because it, it's not about, I, I think that is a hard perception to really wrap your mind around. At the end of the day, we're all individuals looking to gain some sort of advantage. So if I own a small business, you own a big business, it seems likely that this small business owner can't add value to that other individual. But as long as like you're open and like being realistic with them, and just sharing your general knowledge. Like everyone that you meet is gonna know something that you don't. And I think if you keep that in mind, like you're gonna make a lot of really, really authentic relationships. 100%, that's that's really good. It's And everyone thinks, well, I don't got no value to give or I, I'm not doing this and that. But you gotta remember, you got you, yourself. Right. You're, you're unique than everyone else, you right. know what I mean? And, and making someone feel good goes a long way. I mean, but if you don't try and if you're too worried or they're going to say no, how many times have you been told no? That's that's the foundation of business, man. 100%. That's it. That's it. But then also you meet that right person yeah. that's like, oh, yes. You know what I mean? And then that grows, that builds. And you kind of brought up this podcast. And like I've said to people, too, is this is a massive networking tool. You know what I mean? And so while you're sitting right here, we're having conversations. We're going to talk about stuff outside of this. I've been trying to connect you with people overseas. Yep. And, uh but it's true, and uh, it's it's a fascinating how similar mindsets attract. You know what I mean? And then they get connected. But George, I know we didn't get you much into this. Um, how fun was it watching him play on uh, Saturdays? I know you're probably a little little drunk, but <laughs> well, a little liquored up. That added to the fun. But uh, yeah, I mean, quick as hell, powerful runner. I don't even know what the comparison would be, but I mean, 
you see the guy in the workout room with his ghost fit on, and that transfers over to the field. It's all size, power, strength, baby. So. Let, let me ask you this. What um, drew you to him besides the cutting hair? What did you, did you feel a presence about him that you want to be around this guy? Yes, yeah, so it's funny because Josh is talking about his new barbershop location, the bathroom, right? Or the locker room. And um, so you walk in there and you're kind of getting in the mindset to go work out, right? Better yourself. And then you see Josh cutting guys. Um, and they look good, too. This is, I mean, this is, this is kind of free advertising for the barbershop here. But, I mean, it, they look good. And you want to look good, too. So when, you, when you're around that atmosphere, I mean... You can't help but want to better yourself, not only in the weight room, but also with this haircut. And, I mean, Josh is kind of the symbol of that. He's kind of the guy behind the whole thing, the mastermind. So, I mean, that just... You're attracted to it. You're attracted to it. Yeah. Right. And so, it's funny. Blake, one of our our mutual friends with him, I was like, Blake, you look pretty good. Like, where'd you get your haircut one day? And he's like, well, Parks in the bathroom. And I was like, shit, I never even thought of actually asking him because I didn't know Josh before that. But Blake gave me his number, texted him, ended up, you know, getting haircuts now for a couple of years, and uh, that's how I ran into that. So it's neat, and now you connected you with him, and yep, full circle. And, uh, it's good, but he, uh, there's a presence that you can kind of feel about some people. Now, I mean, don't be afraid to go and talk to him. Don't be afraid that because usually, like like Josh is saying, he's trying to figure out how he can give value to everyone else. Now, I mean, a lot of these people, a lot of successful people, they're looking to constantly network. They're looking to constantly give because We've said a million times on this podcast, the more you give, the more you receive. You know what I mean? And it's got to be a giving without expecting something back. Now, you be all the heart. And it makes you feel good. Now what I mean? It makes you feel good when you try to help someone else out and you communicate. Josh, kind of as we uh, wrap this thing up, you're doing great. You uh, you speak very well. You speak really well. Thank you. What uh, We're going to go over some your top books that have changed you, some quotes, Maybe a special person too, and then you know overall lessons. So let's start with uh, books. Obviously, Tony Robbins. Yeah, Tony Robbins. What was it actually called? I think it was Money Master in the Game. Uh, that was a great one. Uh, Hold on. You know what I like about what you said about that the Tony Robbins book is that you didn't even finish it, but you got this one part from it that yeah, really yeah. sparked you. And that happened. A lot of people think they gotta read a whole book or do all this, but it could be one little thing in a book that you take and run with it. Know what I mean? That's the special thing people should be aware of. 100%, 100%. Um, that that was my first real book where I was like, all right, I need to continue to read. I need to continue to motivate myself. Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I actually oh, yeah. just read that one. What was that? Robert, movie? Robert Kulisinski. Uh, yeah, I don't know yeah. how to say his last name. Uh, one that I'm reading right now that I would rec- recommend to everyone, especially business owners, is Contagious. Um, it basically goes into the psychology of why people buy things. Oh, yeah. um, and that's, that's like transformed our business. Um, so I, I'm go off a little side note real quick. Um, Ghostfed at first was basically just e-commerce where we were just selling online to individuals. Um, and we got into more like the B2B area. So business to business selling bulk to other businesses. And as I was reading this book, um, I learned that like there's a science in the way that you sell, and I knew that, but this really opened my eyes to it. Like persuasion, can, persuasion. I mean, we were talking about you know politics and how that you know uh, is embedded in that as well. Um, but after reading this book, literally, and I, this probably sounds like really guruish, but we 
tripled sales like for the past three months after this. Like it's been insane. Just because you understand the psychology behind why people are buying and what all emotions usually exactly. they don't know. I mean, you you, you justify after a purchase. Yeah. I mean, when you get really into get influenced by Robert Kiladini, um, we talk about Scott Adams talks about it. Persuasion, marketing, advertising, because it's like your body. You know, it's why you listen to rap music and you want to go buy a Gucci sweatshirt. You know what I mean? They always speak on it. You hear it enough, and, you have enough triggers, yeah. And we think we're so conscious with this stuff, but it's not. It's our subconscious kind of, and the advertisers Scary. are genius with it. Now, I mean, anyone that's, you know, manipulating uh, thoughts and, and marketing and advertising, they know how to latch in there and get it. And it sounds like you've done it for yeah. Ghostbusters. At least it's for a good reason. Try, yeah, yeah. Contagious um, by who? Contagious. See, man, I'm, I'm not good with names. We'll look that up. Yeah, we can look it up. Quotes. Um, quotes. So, this is kind of funny. I'm not a real big quotes guy. Um, you know, I, I think that I get short-term motivation from quotes, but it's not anything that really is lasting. Written right? down on your mirror or anything? Yeah. Um, I say the best quote is raise your standards sure. because that will be with me and everyone that interacts with, you know, myself or Ghostwood for a long time. You want to so. raise people around you. I exactly. Like it's real simple. People. I know you type Coach Caruso. Who else? Coach Caruso. Um, ben Weilenberg. He's the one that owns uh, Woodchuck USA. Um, I would say my grandma, that one's huge for me. Like I said, she's kind of the epitome of what I'd like to be in a business owner. And she's, I just got off the phone with her for two hours and she was telling me about how uh, my strategy for Ghostwood is shit and how I need to completely uh, renovate it. It's like, that's, I like that stuff. Like, she's like, you aren't a million dollar, a hundred million dollar business yet because of this, because your strategies suck. It's like, when you can have people in your life that care about you and love you and be 70 years old and tell you this, it's the best kind of people you can have. Let me ask you this. Out of those people you just named, uh, see if this sounds right. They all share... A common thing is that when you speak with them, you're not talking about other people. You're talking about visions. You're talking about ideas. You're talking about how to better yourself. Is that true? Oh, 100%. And I want all the listeners to kind of put that in perspective, your life, the people you talk to. And once you start noticing and becoming aware of it, it's very weird. You know, is it, are you always talking about that one friend or that one girl? Or are you talking shit about this, that? Are you always being negative? Are you just talking about sports? And you start seeing the people who actually do stuff. And around the people that are actually meaningful, it's all about ideas. It's all about visions. It's all about learning. And it's, it's kind of wicked, isn't it? When you build a circle of people, and I, I don't even want to say friends because I, I think that's loose term. You know, I would call some of these people that aren't actually blood family uh, just because of the amount that they care for you. When you create a circle of family that is always trying to uplift, uplift each other, I mean, that's an army that is hard to stop. You know, so I, I think that's what a lot of people are missing, right? They they hang out with certain people, and they go Comfort. from they go from a motivational group to okay now you know the next hour I'm with these people that you know just want to smoke and drink and it's like you have to yes you need a little bit of balance in your life, but if you actually want to go be successful and create something that's worthwhile. Focus on who you're hanging out with because you're going to be just like those people. All those quotes you hear, the cliche quotes are so yeah. true. That's you know I mean? the thing. that it, You can call them cliche, but at the end of the day, look at the most successful people. It's 100% true. So I, I encourage the listeners to look at your circle. You can listen to Are They Really Your Boys? This is our second episode we did. A lot of people like that. Little like split. Kind of learned how to speak a little better, but it's true, man. It's It really is. It'll shape your life. It'll change your life. And but become aware, because all of a sudden you're going to start seeing that one person, all they talk about is the Vikings game, all they talk about is that dumb girl at the bar, and hey, we're going to get drunk this weekend. 
You start switching that up, crazy things happen. Okay, so I know you talked about those football lessons. I assume a lot of them are really similar with uh, your entrepreneurship yeah, life because yeah. it's really similar life and or football and life. But uh, can you kind of hit us with the the top things you've learned from the barber shop from Ghost Fit? Yeah, um, I would say one is people, and I think that you can kind of break it down in a few ways: um, relationships, um, customer service, and I think that. You know, you can kind of break customer service into actual customer service as um, as like a business or like as a friendship, right? I, I think that there is customer service in a friendship, treating people well, um, you know, being, you know, timely, like really having someone's like best interest. Um, I think that's super, super important. Um, it's just like you're giving value networking. When you give exactly. value, make these customers feel good, they're gonna wanna buy from you again if they gotta pay 10 more dollars. Yeah. And I mean, that's why a lot of the luxury brands do sell good and you got, they got the lines outside is because you're getting champagne at the door, you're getting the unreal nice box, you're getting some cool card. Um, that's a customer service. If you, really if you show you care about someone, now I mean, they're probably gonna come back to you and, yeah. and they're gonna buy more. I think one thing that's really important too, and it's easy to lose sight of now because with social media and like you said, the whole, you know, comparing and, you know, keeping up with the Joneses is like being yourself. Like the reason why people are attracted to you is because you aren't a replica. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it it's so easy to, you know, look at a business model and be like, all right, we're going to do that exact same thing. And you're like, well, why doesn't it work? Well, because you're the 10,000 of them do that. Just try that. Like be yourself, be unique because that's what you're good at. Right, you won't. That won't be forced, and you'll be able to day in, day out, be able to replicate that being yourself, and people will be attracted to that because you can't find that on the market. Right, 100%. it's real. People exactly with the social media, this phone thing, people are craving authentic realness. Because everything's freaking fake. Every photo is photoshopped. Every this and that, and and once they see that, they're like, okay, that's different. That reminds me of like me. It's the real world. Know what I mean, and. And I love that being being freaking real. That's amazing, man. Um, um, great story. I'm excited to see what we can come up together. Uh, maybe some cross merchandise, some bold. Hey, we were talking about that. But uh, George, um, just kind of want to think of your last thoughts on this. And I want to tell everyone we're we've been saying we're building this team. I mean, we're adding people here and there, different parts of the world, and and we're figuring out how we can connect everyone. Know what I mean? So. Get a part of this community. We're doing these connect with posts on uh, Instagram, showing how uh, people can give value, what they're interested, who they want to connect with. And but like uh, Mr. Parks has been saying, it's we're really trying to create value for everyone and give because, like we said, it comes back to you tenfold. And uh, George, kind of like the we didn't get to speak too much today. I know you got some tonsil thing going on, but did you enjoy it? You enjoy our time with Mr. Parks? Oh yeah, very motivating. Um... Wanted to touch again on the uh, the cliche quotes about how you do become the people you're around the most. Uh, can't say enough about that. I know Josh and yourself would agree. I mean, you pick up on things in your subconscious that it's just it's incredible when you start becoming you know aware of what you're consuming from who, when. I mean, there's so many different factors, but it really is true, and uh, that's one of the things I'll take home today, along with my tonsillitis. <laughs> is uh, to be aware of who you're with, man. It's it's true. Mr. Parks, got some final words? Oh, um, you know, I think that some you know, discounts for our listeners. Hey, man. Uh, we'll talk about that yeah. after. <laughs> you should you should have prepped me for that one. No, I, I think that you know uh, George did a good job of it. You know, it's at the end of the day. Um, you know, whatever your agenda is, it doesn't really matter what it what it is. Um, but just 
being a good person, adding value, uh, looking to find a way to work, um, looking to really just uplift yourself from the day before, surpass yourself from the day before, do anything to uh, create a gap between you and the competitors. I mean, it's that's, that's what it comes down to. Um, but no, I definitely appreciate you coming on here. You know, this is bold perceptions and uh, it's something that is going to grow. I can tell it is. I mean, the people that you have on is amazing. So thank you. No, I appreciate you driving all the way down here. And uh, I look forward to the relationship, not just me and you, but the relationship between Ghost Fit, Bull Perceptions, and all working together, all trying to make differences. But, man, you got a good story. I mean, you've been through a lot. Thank you. Thank you. And a lot of wisdom, and I want you to keep sharing it. And I'm so happy you're doing it through uh, through Ghost Fit and Raising Standards because uh, I think you can make a big difference. So, awesome. Until next time.